Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. Today, I have Zach Friedman. He is the founder and chief executive officer of Make Lemonade. They're a personal finance company that empowers you to live a better financial life. But we're also going to be talking about his new book, Make Lemonade. Zach is among the most accomplished persons I've had on the show. Um, he has been the CFO of some uh, impressive companies. He has degrees, get this, from Harvard, Wharton School of Business, Columbia, and Johns Hopkins. And if that's not good enough, he's also one of the most prolific contributors to Forbes. Um, he's a speaker. It's, it's amazing. Um, his book, The Lemonade Life, is pretty exciting. That's how I came across him uh, and his work. I'd seen some of the things on Forbes. But I'm excited because The Lemonade Life is more than about just financial planning. It's about happiness. Um, matter of fact, I saw that he was endorsed by Sean Acker. And uh, Sean is uh, among my North Stars for um, understanding the happiness advantage and all that stuff. So I, I when I came across it, I reached out to him and, and he was nice enough to say, sure, let's do it. And, and we did a podcast. Um, his book's not quite available yet, but is on pre-order. Uh, we talk about that on the show. Uh, but we really dive deep on um, not just finances, but yeah, personal fulfillment and and uh, how to have the right mindset to conquer. Well, his title is Conquer Anything. So I think you're going to love this episode. If you have a person in your life that needs to know a little bit more about getting that balance in their life, understanding their finances a little bit more, understanding happiness more, understanding fulfillment, and starting to pursue a life of meaning, I highly recommend that you share this episode with them. Also, we come across these guests because of suggestions and introductions. So if you're thinking in the back of your mind, I know who Don needs to talk to, let me know those introductions are gold. And it's because of those introductions and the sharing of episodes is exactly why we experienced such exponential growth. So thank you so much. That is never lost on us here at Started Up Team. It means everything to us from the encouraging letters we get. We get a lot, especially from the crucial conversations with Jamal and I, um, the sharing of episodes. The, these things are so appreciated. Uh, we value them uh, immensely. It's never been lost on us. All right, let's dig into this one. I know you're thoroughly going to love it. It is a tour de force of positivity, and I love this man's work. So let's get right down to it. Zach Friedman. All right, joining me now is Zach Friedman. He is the founder and CEO of Make Lemonade, personal finance company that empowers you to live a better financial life. You had me at Live a Better Financial Life. Zach, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, it's great to be here, Don. Thanks for having me. I okay, so listeners of this podcast are gonna be like, oh, please don't go into another Chuck Wetrick story. But I was raised by a teacher who, well, first of all, my dad was a teacher, my mom's a stay-at-home mom. So financial planning was everything. I mean everything, Zach. Uh like I literally got set down and got the talk when the Roth IRA came out. So sure. The fact that you uh, are wanting to push people towards understanding and embracing their their, you know their power of, of, of money is uh, near and dear to my heart. So uh, the book is The Lemonade Life. It's coming out when? August 6th. August 6th. All right. So let's, let's go into this. First of all, what made you want to write this book? 
Yeah, it's a great question. So, you know, I've been writing for Forbes. Uh, I've developed a, a huge audience at Forbes. I'm great, very grateful for. So I've done about 17 million readers at Forbes. I do about over a million a month uh, of folks. And I run on a variety of things from personal finance, as you mentioned, which connects a lot with my company, Make Lemonade, uh, but also a lot about leadership and how to live your best life, whether it's financial or otherwise. And so I really wanted to write a book that certainly built upon the principles of leading a better life, so financial being one of them, but really how do you take it to the next level, right? And how can you be an entrepreneur and live a better life? How can you better in your personal life and your work and your career? And so I came up with this idea actually after having lunch with Warren Buffett, believe it or not. And so I had this opportunity to have lunch with Warren Buffett, uh, and I'm happy to go into the story more, but, but that lunch with Warren Buffett really got me thinking about what does it mean to live a best life? What, you know, what drives success? And that's how I came up with the book, The Lemonade Life, How to Fuel Success, Create Happiness, and Conquer Anything. So the one thing I like about Warren, I can't say I've met him yet. That's got to be cool to say that you have, but... Um, and I'm going to push back a little bit. Like he seems to, you know, he's the sage and he's got this really great outlook and he lives below his means and all these other things. But I will say it's easy to say and do these things when you are a multi-billionaire. So when you met with him, when did you know this guy isn't like just speed, you know, spewing platitudes? He really believes this. He's, he's the real deal. So I, I had the opportunity to go out uh, with a group of folks and we actually met him in Omaha, Nebraska on his home turf at Berkshire Hathaway, spent the entire morning with him, no bodyguards, no assistants, no cameras. I mean, it, it was a real open, transparent conversation to really get to know him, right? I mean, obviously we weren't, you know, in his, in his personal life on a, on a daily basis, but for that, for that time we spent with him, you know, he answered every question he was asked openly and straightforward, gave candid advice, um, and what I really found is that besides, as you know, as you were hinting at, you know, the billionaire lifestyle, uh, the, the, the empire he's built through Berkshire Hathaway, you know, he's truly a genuine person. Um, you know, he has a sunny outlook. He's happy. Uh, he, he lives the life that he preaches. So he, this is not a made up thing. I mean, he lives in the same house he bought in 1958. Uh, he's been driving the, the same car for a long time. Um, he does spend frugally. He eats, uh, as I talk about in the book, like a six-year-old. I mean, he's eating, you know, a lot of cheeseburgers and and he loves root beer floats. Um, but he's very genuine and I'd say he's very self-aware. I mean, he's not pretending to be anybody else but Warren Buffett. And it, it's genuine. It is not a, he's not playing a character. I mean, he is someone who does the work. He understands his business. He has a, a methodology, um, obviously taught by Benjamin Graham uh, and others who have influenced him. But you know, he's very methodical, and I think he understands everything about his business. I mean, he certainly delegates and has managers who run each of his operating companies. But I would say he's the real deal. And you know, I started comparing that to you know, folks on Wall Street, um, where I've worked for, for a long time, uh, and, and really seeing the dichotomy there. I mean, a lot of people are chasing, right? They're running to Wall Street if they want to be in the financial world. They're running to Silicon Valley if they want to be at a tech startup. Um, but, you know, Warren Buffett chose to go back to Omaha and, and that really stuck with me. And, you know, when you're sitting in Omaha and you have one of the you know, most successful and wealthiest people in the world, it makes you think and take a step back. You know, how did he get here? What did he do? And what really drives success? And that's what got me really thinking about this book. So that was a that was a very powerful experience for me. Yeah. One thing I like about that as well is what drives success. I, I think too oftentimes and I'm not going to go all you know, rhetorical soapbox, but it seems as though that there's, 
there's this sentiment that if you're successful, somehow you didn't deserve it, that it's uh, successful people are bad because they must have inherited it. But he's not that case. And in, and in actually, a lot of people that we've talked to, it wasn't inherited. But the, there is this, um, I don't want to say class warfare, but yeah, there, there, there's, there's this sentiment that success means you're, you're evil and greedy. Um, how do you address that in the lemonade life? Yeah, it's a very good point. You know, success is not that. You know, I, I think first and foremost, we should be celebrating success. So anyone who is, Amen. You know, yeah, work, worked hard to achieve, to you know, live the American dream, if it's in this country or the equivalent around the world, that's something that should be celebrated. And I, I find that, you know, folks that, that are self-made, that are entrepreneurial, that hustle and grind, um, that build up, uh, you know, I say in the book, you know, entrepreneurship, uh, it's a lonely road to greatness. But at the same time, it's the greatest form of meritocracy because all you need to be an entrepreneur is a great idea and the ability to execute. It doesn't matter how smart you are, how much money you have, who you know. It's literally if you have a great idea and you can execute on that great idea, there are really no barriers, right? I mean, you know, you'll see, you'll hit, you know, starts and stops along the way, but your path to greatness starts when you have a great idea and you can execute. And so success for me, uh, as I talk about in the book, it, it's really your ability to do five things. It's five switches as I talk about them. They're like light switches. And when I studied folks from like Warren Buffett, folks in business, entrepreneurs, folks in politics, sports, entertainment, what I found is these five commonalities, these five fundamental internal switches that all of us have. And when we flip those five switches, it's the secret for more happiness, more success, and more greatness in your life. Mm. I I love that. I, I also... I think one of the, as you were explaining this, I'm like, you know, the, this, that you worked hard to get there, I think is what's overlooked. I think so many of our, our, our youth see people that are successful as influencers. And I think there's now been this backlash of, you know, there's an article written not too long ago, an influencer couldn't sell like 300 t-shirts or something like that. And I think that a lot of times people are like, well, you know, those people didn't really earn it. And then there's, you know, popular was that reality TV and things of that nature, I think have, have helped fuel that as well. So I like that you're holding up people that have built something and are successful, not overnight, but through that arduous process. Um, so the one other thing, like when I was talking to you before the show, and I did not know how to pronounce it, icky guy, I, I've seen these Venn diagrams before. And um, and, and I'm pronouncing that correctly now, icky guy, correct? You are, your Japanese is superb. I mean, I'm, I don't want to brag, but um, no, I, I, explain to us what icky guy is without having the visual di you know, diagram in front of us and why it is so important for us to understand that in our life. Yeah, so ikigai is a Japanese term and essentially it means living a purpose-filled life. Okay. And so when you have a, a fundamental purpose, it's, it's the why in your life. It's why you get up every morning to do what you do. And there's a very famous classic research study in Japan that looked at adults um, who had ikigai or, or purpose in their life. And they, they outlived their peers who didn't. They had better you know, health um, characteristics. Um, they lived healthier lifestyles and their life was prolonged. And the reason why is because if you're just living kind of a, a, a life. You might be coasting through life. Maybe it's very successful. Um, you know, maybe maybe money money is your your uh, goal, and you feel like things are going great. But you lack that purpose, that fundamental meaning, that the why you're doing what you do. 
you, you kind of still have an empty life, I would argue. And you really need that purpose because I think when you have purpose, it's the most awe-inspiring experience. And, and your purpose can be, it can be money if that's, if that's your, your game. You know, it can be working for your family. It could be a teacher. You, know, you spend over 20 years teaching. It could be to inspire uh, a generation of children uh, to grow up and become entrepreneurs and to think outside the box and you know, create uh, impact in the world. You could change people's lives. You know, my company, Make Lemonade, I mean, we're trying to empower people to live a better financial life. I mean, that is so important to do. Uh, really take control of your life. So, uh, and, and the book will do the same. You know, the purpose of, of, of what I do every day, of, of course, is for my family, um, but it's really create an impact in the world to help people lead a better life, to find happiness, to find success. Um, and, and to do it on their own terms. I mean, I'm really a big believer. The Lemonade Life is all about leading life on your terms with purpose and possibility. You know, purpose is exactly what we just talked about, Ikigai. It's, it's the underlying inspiration for your journey. And then possibility is infinite and opportunity. And so when you connect those two, the nexus between purpose and possibility is action. And when you lead a life with purpose and possibility through action, you can proactively overcome any circumstance and you can really conquer anything to um, fulfill your destiny. Wow. Um, man. Uh, so well, actually I, I, you've got me now thinking more about the company. Obviously it's more than just the book. Um, when did you start the company? Yeah. So I started the company Make Lemonade a few years ago um, and it was really built on uh, a central concept. So I, I'd spent my career in finance. Uh, I worked at Blackstone and, and Morgan Stanley. I was also a CFO of an energy company. And I, you know, I really wanted to start an entrepreneurial adventure. And so Make Lemonade essentially does what you would see in the travel space, like at Expedia or Kayak, where it compares you know, all of your travel options so you can find the best hotel. Uh, very similarly, what we do is we compare financial products and we show you the, the best rates uh, among, a, among a various choices so that you can make an informed financial decision. And so it never made sense to me if you wanted to get a loan or a mortgage that you would just go straight to the bank because the bank will just you know, charge whatever rate they want to charge. It's much easier if you can show in a very transparent way, which I think is really the, the key thing in finance today, is how can you be transparent for the consumer? Because a lot of consumers, you know, they don't have time or they don't want it. They don't know where to find the information. And so what we do is we really lay it out all together. And we do things like student loans or student loan refinancing or credit cards. You know, how do you find the best credit card? Here's a list of 10 credit cards. Here are the, here are the rates. Here are the APRs. Here are the terms. Same with student loan refinancing. You know, everyone wants to, you know, get a lower rate. How do you do it? So you can apply through our partners. You can see the various rates, the terms, fixed rates, variable rates, the loan terms. And it just gives you a lot more transparency because that puts, that puts you in the driver's seat. And so I'm all about transparency and empowering people to make better financial decisions. And that's, the, that's really the gist of, of Make Lemonade and where it started from. Right. So I'm assuming that some of the highs, lows, some of the mistakes, some of the pitfalls you saw some people make in pursuit of looking for some of your services – that was one of the reasons why you wanted to write the book? Yeah, yeah. The, the, it was really a beginning, right? I mean, one aspect of leading your best life is certainly taking control of your financial life. Um, but beyond that, I really believe that it goes way beyond financial. So my company, yes, is a financial company. Uh, and I'm very proud of what we all do on a daily basis to help people make better financial decisions. Um, but I really believe that beyond that, that the secret to a, a, a successful life is living a happy life. Yeah. I think so many people, you know, they do it backwards, right? I mean, we, we're all kind of trained, you know, we we're talking before the show about, you know, school and what you learn in school. And it's like, get good grades, go to college, find the best job, work for 30 years, 
save some money, then you get to retire. And then it's like, okay, finally, age 65, we can be happy now. We can travel, we can have a oh, hobby, yeah. we can spend time with our family. And it's like, what, what about the first 45 years like after college? I mean, what, what about that? And so I, I think people, they have it backwards. I mean, we really need to start focusing on getting happy today, right? Yeah. I mean, invest in your happiness today. I, th- I think people just, I, I see it so often. You know, we're all, many people, I, I live in New York and, and folks are just stuck in a rat race, right? It is wake up, go to work, spend time at work, come home, you know, do it again, do it, you know, go to the gym for 30 minutes and like, that's it. And, you know, if you have time to see your family, maybe on the weekends, great, but then you're still working and it's just, it's not really a healthy life, um, but it's not a, a purpose-filled or a happy life. And so I really wanted to write a book that gave people, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're a CEO or a teacher or just an everyday person, you know, how can you get more happiness in your life? And once you have that happiness and that grounding and that ikigai and that purpose-filled life, that's really what you need in order to create success. It's not, I want to be successful so I can be happy. It's, I need to get happy and understand myself because once you know that, the world is literally limitless opportunity because when you have happiness inside, that's the platform for your growth personally and professionally. Yeah. Well, no, man, so many thoughts are going through my head. One, um, I saw that like Sean Acker gave you a, a blurb for the book and I was like, well, there you go. Cause one, one of the things I was drawn to wanting to interview you, it was the subtitle of your book that it wasn't just finance. It was, you know, fueling success and creating happiness if there's one thing I, I will always try to push in my students, it's, you know, having a little bit more of a purpose. Well, ironically enough, we used to have this thing called our rule of thirds uh, in our, in our class. I think I told you a little bit about it. It was called innovation and open source learning. And mm-hmm. so it was a class where you pursued something that you wanted to do. Uh, and, and you had to work on a project of your choice, but I had three rules. Number one, are you passionate about it? Okay. That's where a lot, I mean, that's fine. That's, that's the easy thing to answer. But number two, what skills are you going to acquire? And number three, who does it serving other than you? And so I, 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 if you couldn't fill out those three roles and I denied it. And so I had a student one year said, uh, I want to start a, a stock. You know, I, I want to learn how to day trade. I'm like, okay, let's go over the rule of thirds. And I said, are you passionate about it? He's like, heck yeah, I want to make money. I said, all right, are you going to acquire skills? He's like, yeah, holds, puts, options. I know I've heard of all these things. I don't know what the heck's going on. I go, okay, who's it serving other than you? Rule three. He's like, I don't know. I'm like, come on, man. I got to hold you to, to rule number three. And he's like, okay, how about I, I start a stock picking club in study hall and I can teach people what I've learned and maybe they can make better financial decisions. And that to me was the icky guy, right? So like, yeah. He got good at it, but it served more than just him. And I Absolutely. even dare say that Colin would say that he was happier about it because it it meant more. You know, Scrooge McDuck can, you know, do snow angels with his money, but when, when you're letting other people in on it and, and, and lifting them up, the better. And, and I, I, I agree. Yeah, and that's why Completely I'm so excited. Because I, mean, I get excited about financial independence because I, well, I don't want to say I, you know, my, you know, I was... It's, stay-at-home mom and a teacher, but we were happy. And, and that pursuit of, actually, we almost made games of it, that we tried to live below our means and we tried to do the you know, pop-up camper life on vacations and finding that happiness and being financially responsible was everything. And it still is to me. And, I, and I'm, I'm so glad that you wrote a book that's not just about financial independence, but that 
that happiness component. And the thing, the third thing is that I, that I'm reading into conquer anything is the mindset. Absolutely. Everybody you're interviewing all had that entrepreneurial mindset that, you know, things are my fault and it's up to me to fix it. And just because I failed, it's okay. You know, moving past that. So yeah, it's just so funny I got turned on by your subtitle for those reasons. That's fantastic. And you're right. The entrepreneurial mindset, everything starts with mindset. It's, you know, I talk about these five switches and one of the most important ones is perspective. And, you know, when you change your perspective, you change your possibilities. And I don't just mean, you know, feel good for a second or watch a YouTube clip and get inspired. I mean, literally fundamentally rewiring your brain so that you have a fundamental um, outlook towards positivity. And, and that, that those, those two things are different because you can, you can watch a YouTube clip but still be unhappy in your life, right? Or you can be angry or upset or jealous um, and, and just feel like happiness for a second. I mean, literally change your entire outlook and your perspective in life and you orient towards possibility. Um, it's, it, when you focus on what's possible in your life, um, you know, you can abandon that negative perspective because too many people are prisoners to a negative perspective and they don't even realize it. Um, but when you have a positive perspective, it sets you up for entrepreneurial greatness. And when you do fail, when you do hit those bumps in the road, you're able to stand back up, you know, not, not, not because we just have this proclivity to stand back up, but when you have a positive outlook, you know, that those, those are temporary roadblocks, right? And you can kind of, you might not be able to see the end, but you can see a lot further. And so, you know, you talked also about, um, you're given the example of Colin and creating impact. So many people ask me all the time, you know, you know, Zach, how do I become an entrepreneur? I, I just want to be an entrepreneur. And it's more than that. You know, a lot of people want to escape the nine to five and, you know, not have the rat race anymore, but don't just want to be an entrepreneur. I mean, you have to have an idea, number one. Number two, you have to have a game plan of how you're going to execute it. Because as I said, you know, entrepreneurship is the greatest form of meritocracy. Anyone can do it, but you have to have that idea coupled with action. But then most importantly, which is the one that you brought up, is it has to create impact. And I, I've talked about this in the book too. You can't just start a business uh, because you want to make money. Like it, it may work, but most likely won't. Whatever you do, you can open a store and serves ice cream because you want to make people happy on a hot day. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's creating impact. It's a purpose. You know, my company, Make Lemonade, is about helping people to empower them to live a better financial life. You can be a teacher and you create impact by inspiring students, right? You can go into public service. You can be a first responder to help save people's lives. I mean, there's so many different ways to create impact, financial or otherwise. So all entrepreneurs out there, you know, the hustle and grinders, um, hustle and grind is great. But make sure you're creating impact and you're changing someone's life for the better. Mm. Mm. Immediately, uh, uh, th thank you. Because I, I have met people. Well, heck, um, uh, Tom Bilyeu. I really enjoy his show. Uh, and he Great. was poster child for, I made a lot of money and I was completely miserable. And, and he had to scrap everything. He's like, you know, I felt terrible that I had all the material wealth I wanted but he was like, he looked around, I was like, what am I doing for people? So yeah, Tom is that personified. But I, I, I want to double down on the, <clears throat> you know, the, the hustle and grind thing. I think that this hustle and grind, you know, a fascination and, and, and I think it's almost euphemism. I, like, I'll just, I'll give Gary a, a pass on this. Like he, he, I think he would admit, his impact is is also on empowering others. But I see this bragging contest from some people that are like, I worked 18 hours today. 
and right. you know i'll sleep right. when i die and i'm like Right, right. I don't know if that's good. Or I, I remember, there, I, I won't name names, but there was a particular college football coach that went to the pros and they were celebrating him because the first thing he did was he divorced his wife so he could spend more time on football. And I'm like, this should not be celebrated. This makes him, an hor- this, this makes him a horrible husband uh, and father. And, and finding, you know, I, I dig the people that can bring impact and also just be good people uh, those are the people that lead as opposed to just chasing that success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and look, we're all in the confines of a 24 hour day in a seven day a week uh, situation. So yes, it, it can be hard to kind of fill everything in all of that time period with what you want to accomplish, but it, it's so much more about the quality of work you're doing, not necessarily the quantity. And yes, when you're an entrepreneur, I mean, you are, you are everything, right? You're the, you're the CEO, you're the board of directors, you're the secretary, you're the, the booking person, you're the marketing person, and everything falls on your lap. And you, you know, accountability stops with you. It starts with you and it stops with you. And that can be overwhelming sometimes. But it, a lot of times, it's literally not about the amount of time that you spend doing something. It's the quality of it. I mean, think of networking, right? You know, I can spend 10 hours uh, printing 500 business cards and walking around the streets of New York handing out my business card. Or I can spend... 30 minutes to 45 minutes talking with someone, having a genuine deep conversation about how I can help them or how they can, uh, how I can help influence them and help maybe change their life in a small way. That's a much more meaningful connection than spending 10 hours handing out 500 business cards. Yes. And, and I know that you know this, the perspective that you get from helping other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 go, it goes both ways. You know, I, I'm a huge believer, and I talk about this in the book, The Lemonade Life. You, you know, you have to be a lifelong learner. And I love speaking <laughs> with people, not so they can listen to me. I mean, I'm, I'm certainly interesting, but I learn a lot more from listening to other people. And I, I really don't care who it is. I, I mean, I, I care about the person, but I'm saying I, I don't care what their title is. And what I mean by that is I love to hear people, whether they agree with me or they disagree with me or they have a new perspective because I'm always learning things. And when I listen to people, my, my, my world can change and my viewpoint can change and I can hear new ideas. I may agree with them. I may not agree with them, but I love to hear people um, voice their opinion, teach me something new. And that's a really important skill to have that I learned at a young age when I was starting my career, because a lot of the people that I worked for didn't do that. It was, it was a very top down hierarchical structure. And it was, it was me listening to them rather than the other way around. So I always encourage people to speak up. I talk about this in the book as well, in The Lemonade Life. You know, speak up, raise your hand. If you have something to say, share it. Like your, your opinion matters. You have a voice. You have a, a seat at the table. Obviously be judicious, but, but speak your mind and, 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 and don't be afraid. I think that's a really important skill for entrepreneurs um, because a lot of people are going to tell you no. You're gonna, they're going to say, I don't like your business plan. You haven't studied it. You don't understand the market. And you're going to hear no a lot. But if you have a different opinion, you know, prove someone wrong. Yeah, I, it, it, that rings true. I it was, <laughs> this last show we were talking a little bit before the show, but I, I have transitioned out of teaching. Twenty one really great years in education, Thanks and for uh, thank you. And and then was gently nudged and encouraged to uh, start a five hundred one c three, and um, I went from a teacher to a CEO, and so the whole imposter syndrome was heavy, because you know. I, I, I was a teacher. And even though I've been entrepreneurial, uh, all of a sudden I had to like, yeah, I, I went from a, the, 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 
the person in the room that supposedly, and I always admit, I, you know, leading a classroom to all of a sudden leading an organization with employees. And it scared the living heck out of me. Uh, and, and luckily, um, you know, we, we, we found, we, we were blessed to find really good funding right out of the gate. And one of the things they were provided, uh, we were provided was a corporate coach. And the corporate coach was like, A, you're going to have to know yourself a little better, which I appreciated. But he says, B, he's like, at the beginning, no one knows what they're doing. You know, like learn to adapt along the way and, and reflect on the things you do. Uh, but don't worry about the imposter syndrome. Everybody that starts something does not know what they're doing. And they, you know, the good ones learn how to get through it and adapt and, and adjust. It's so true, you know, and I I talk about this in the book also, you know, we're so used to seeing, you know, billionaire success stories, you know, at at the end, right? It's Warren Buffett. Uh, In the book, I talk about uh, Alibaba and Jack Ma or Sam Walton at Walmart or uh, Ray Kroc at McDonald's, right? And and we're used to seeing kind of them in their glory and, and their success. But you know, we 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 really forget about what it was like at the beginning because a lot of a lot of them started with zero. They started with absolutely nothing, and we don't see that story. It's not on the internet. We don't see pictures of it. There might be one picture from you know back in the day, but we don't get to see kind of the progress and where they stood. Yeah. And you're right. There's no there's no you know one cut, and that's what an entrepreneur looks like. An entrepreneur looks like everybody, and you know, we all have a shot. And I talk about this in the book. It's it's the mm-hmm. mantra for the book. You know, everyone has a shot at greatness. Okay. It doesn't matter what you did before. It doesn't matter what you did last week, five years ago. It doesn't matter if you've ever looked at a business plan before or a financial statement. Again, if you have a great idea and you can execute and you can figure it out along the way, you can be successful and you can build a great organization. I mean, that, that is so important for people to realize. You don't have to get an MBA. You don't have to work on Wall Street or Silicon Valley. You don't need to be funded by the top venture capitalists. You have a great idea. You can create impact, impact for people. You can change lives and you can scale your business. You will be successful. Yeah. I think even that humility uh, is also what can fuel you. At, like being massively transparent and, and still um, like not knowing all the answers. As, as, of as one of the things, as one of the things I, I really enjoy listening to um, the Dalai Lama speak, because sometimes I'll ask him a question, and he'll think, and I'll go, I don't know. And, and it's almost awkward Absolutely. for like the re- interviewers, because like in the United States, you have to answer something, even if you just completely make up bullshit. And I, you know, they'll ask him questions, and His Holiness will sit there and just go, I don't know. Let me think <laughs> on that. It's one of the most things a powerful leader can do. Right. Yes. It, 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 it's it, when you're transparent and vulnerable. It, it doesn't mean that you're a weak leader or you're, you're you know you don't know everything, but you should. Because you're right. In, in, in America, a lot of times what we see uh, are, are people pretending they know things, and I think it actually increases your credibility when you can admit, you know what, I don't know that answer. I me, do, but if but, you're a publicly traded company and the stock shareholders freak out, that's my that's my only beef. Is that if a leader, let's just say Elon got on there and they're like, they're asking him a question about Tesla. And he's like, you know what? I don't really know yet. I think people would run for the exits. Yeah. It, look, it, it depends what the question is, right? If it's, if it's a material issue about your business, yeah. like, yes, absolutely. You have a fiduciary responsibility and you should know it. If you're the CEO of a company that's certainly publicly traded, you, you need to have that. Uh, what I'm referring to is there might be some aspect of a question where you don't have it immediately in front of you, but you know who to speak to, to get it. You can look it up very quickly. Um, but yeah, if you must, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, 
or a CEO, you must know everything about your business. Okay. Yeah. It's fine to delegate to others. It's fine to empower others, but you're right. still responsible to know about the business or at least be able to get the answer very quickly. And so I, I don't mind a leader who, who, who can say they don't know everything. I, I, re, I respect leaders who know that, yeah. you know, obviously within the balance of what I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 Although I still will say, even if, even if a person like Elon were to say, I don't know, and it has nothing to do with financials, I'm telling you, people are so daggone, you know, they see it as a sign of weakness when you don't have an answer for everything. But, but you're absolutely correct, though. A CEO saying, I have no idea where we're going financially. Yeah, I'd run for the exits, too. Um, speaking of uh, luck, we were about ready, before we went on air, we were about ready to talk about game shows. And you have a wonderful pressure luck story. I would love I, to hear about it. I, I, I do. I, you know, I don't want to give away too much. Uh, but, but in the book, uh, you know, I have a whole chapter uh, where we talk about habits and, and patterns and how the power of patterns and understanding and analyzing patterns can help you either form good habits or actually change bad habits. And there have been great books written about habits uh, for sure. Um, and here what we do is we talk about uh, the classic game show, Press Your Luck, if you remember that from the early 80s. I think they're... No whammies. No whammies, no whammies. And, they, and they've, they're doing remakes now. And I think ABC is running uh, a new one this summer, actually. And they've done you know, remakes on the, on the game show network. But um, there's, a, there's an amazing story. Uh, I don't, don't want to give it away. But there was one uh, contestant in, in, the, in the 1980s who uh, was the most successful contestant uh, basically of all time. Uh, in, in game show history, uh, in, in the morning game show at the time. And his name was Michael Larson. He was an ice cream truck driver from Ohio. And he was essentially able to crack the code of press your luck um, by doing some, uh, some sneaky activity, so to speak, that all had to do with patterns in the way that the game show board displayed various choices. And he was able to basically to beat the game. And in the book, I talk about that and how he did it and how it led him to win a lot of money. Um, and so it's a, it's a fascinating story about, uh, about patterns and, and habits and how we can take control of those things in our own life. Love that. Anytime you can integrate <laughs> pressure luck and Judge Judy in one book. That's true. Judge <laughs> Judy's in the book too. Absolutely. You've done. There are a lot of people in the book. You're, you're going to see a lot of people in the book from, from great business titans like Warren Buffett and, and Jack Ma of Alibaba and Ray Kroc uh, to entertainment celebrities uh, like Tyler Perry. A very inspiring story about Tyler Perry, Sylvester Stallone, kind of the behind-the-scenes story of Rocky for all the Rocky fans out, out there who doesn't love Rocky, uh, to Dolly Parton, to uh, Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Jim Carrey. I mean, there's so many different folks uh, who make an appearance in the Lemonade Life and very inspiring stories. Um, a lot of times focused on not at their at their height, but really at the beginning when they're, they're at their lowest point and they've kind of either lost everything or didn't have a dollar to their name. And how do they kind of, how do they make that pivotal decision on the path to greatness? Because that's what's really exciting for me is, you know, what's the story behind the scenes when they were starting out? And I, I think we know where they are today, but how did they get there? That's what's really interesting to me. That's awesome. Well, Zach, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, actually, before we leave, you can actually pre-order the book now, correct? 
That's right. Uh, you can pre-order the book wherever books are sold. Um, you can go to LemonadeLifeBook.com. That's LemonadeLifeBook.com. You can pre-order the copy uh, of the book. Uh, it's obviously in hard copy. You can get the audiobook. Um, I've narrated the audiobook, so if you're ready for inspiration, definitely pick up a copy. Also on Kindle, of course, and other uh, ebook forms. Uh, it's really uh, books everywhere uh, is where it's available and love for you to pre-order it. You'll also get some great free pre-order offers. So when you pre-order the book, it comes out August 6th, but if you get it any time before then, we actually send you half the book immediately. So you'll have half the book to read no matter the format you buy it in. You'll also get a couple of free audio chapters. So you can start listening to those to get inspired. You'll also get 10 ways you can lead the lemonade life. You'll join an exclusive Facebook community. So some great free pre-order offers when you when you get the book and feel free to buy for your friends and family as well. Well, thank you for writing a book about more than just finance. Uh, it is from this educator standpoint, it's uh, what a lot of people need and uh, it's focusing on the right things. So continued success for you. And thank uh, you, my sincerely, friend. sincerely appreciate being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Don. It's a great pleasure. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thanks for your years of service uh, in teaching. And I'm uh, and, and really excited about uh, what comes ahead for you too with your nonprofit. All right, thanks.